welcome to death row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got your plan touch butt with that dork in the park. Nah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MA4 Money Show, episode 9. Yes, you heard that right, 9. We are so close to 10 episodes, I can taste it. And then we will be back on iTunes for everybody that is so opposed to YouTube. It's fine. Don't take it personal. I'm similar. I listen to everything on <laughs> iTunes. So that's not meant as a diss. I, I, I can understand it. I mean, we'll, we'll get you back to YouTube later when we start adding a few more elements and videos <laughs> and stuff like that. But I totally get where you're coming from right now. Trust me. I mean, I love you with some iTunes. Set everything at two so, times oh, speed. Damn. Just straight burn through that audio, man. Just burn through it. <laughs> Yes, this is a very awkward opening, but this is for you guys. It's all good. <laughs> uh, I am at MMA State of Mind. Bob Voss here with Don't Cope, Just Win. Mike Cope, Aver, a.k.a. the runner of the official MMA for Money Twitter account. So if you hear that, that's coming from him. So don't be talking smack or we'll find you. <laughs> but, but seriously, we'll find you. Sorry, it's getting late, but that's fine. Um, a little bit spacey, but everybody wins. As long as I'm not Kevin Spacey, everybody's okay. Because he's doing some stuff. Okay, we on this show, we are for, going to... For two, sorry, for two guys uh, For two guys who've been up since 4.30 a.m., we're doing pretty good. Yeah, no, right? That's, I, that's a kind of like record. Like, I'm pretty sure uh, nobody else that is recording for you guys this week or has published something this week has been up since 4 30 and or earlier in the morning and then is recording later that night and still producing gold like i'm having fun i know mike's having fun and i bet you people listening are having fun if you're not well try harder uh on this show we are going to recap ufc the event that was ufc 244 uh, we'll talk about that one. We'll talk about the two plays and how that did and how we're doing overall thus far. Um, obviously, we can't add in what has happened in Bellator yet because it hasn't happened yet. But we did record a Bellator show that came out before this one, and we do have a bet on that. So if you had, want a little bit of Bellator action, go back and listen to that, and we'll give you just that. Uh, we will also go forward and talk about this weekend's fights or this these this weekend's main fight cards we will have a bet going there that's for ufc on espn plus 21 or from now on for the rest of the show ufc moscow because it's shorter it's sweeter it's easier and it's more to the point now going into ufc 244 huge fight craziness happened i watched it while i was while i was dressed as deadpool everybody won well not everybody won Johnny Walker didn't win. Corey Anderson knocked him out in the first round, and it was vicious. And he knocked him out on the feet. I wasn't necessarily surprised that Corey Anderson won. Like, if you listen to the show, I said he had a good chance to win, but I thought he was just going to wrestle him to no end, then maybe finish him late. End second, third round. 
knocks him out in the first on the feet. Since when does Corey Anderson have power on the feet? Apparently he does now or just knows how to place it. Um, kudos to him on that win. That was a huge, huge win for him. Pushes him up in the division. But his whole rant about he needs a title fight or he wants to be released. Dude. I mean, you got a little bit of a run going and you just beat their boy, Johnny Walker. These are all good things. These are all good things. But you were also the guy that got laid out by kind of some uh, embarrassing names at light heavyweight. So let's not go back too far on that. Um, Mike, how'd you feel about this fight? Were you surprised by the finish, uh, by the win, and by the gall for asking for a title fight or release from uh, Corey? Is he overtime now? I'm sorry. I can't, I can't, can't keep his nickname straight. As to me, he's still Beast in 25-8. He will always be Beast in 25-8. Yeah, um, Corey Anderson looked absolutely amazing versus Johnny Walker, and he looked really, really pissed off. And I, I guess that's how he got this knockout power because I never, ever, ever, ever thought he was going to win by knockout that day. I thought maybe he would win by decision or possibly TKO, but not knockout like. He, he he smashed Johnny Walker into the ground and made sure he was not there anymore. It was a, an amazing performance. Uh, I loved every bit of it until he threw a tantrum in the ring and asked his grandpa for, uh, you know, what he, did, what, what he was entitled to. I, I don't know what his deal is, man. He, he just likes – I guess he doesn't like fans because he literally, you know, got, got me as a fan, and then all of a sudden he just started crying about title shot which your performance already spoke for itself. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to do, dude. But the performance was amazing. Um, we all knew that Johnny Walker was uh, susceptible to being knocked out at some point. I talked about it long ago on our other podcasts. And uh, I just, I didn't think that Corey Anderson was going to come there and, and do that that day. But uh, kudos to him and great performance. And that's uh, what an OG should do in the ring versus a new, the, one of the new guys. Now, I, I got to ask you something, because in hindsight, I've been thinking about this. So let's say Corey Anderson knocks him out in the first round. And he gets on the mic and screams, give me my title shot. And then moves all his anger and hostility towards talking some kind of smack about John Jones. How much more hyped would people be about a proposed fight between the two of them and how hyped Dana White would be rather than complaining and then saying title fight or release. Just some few changes of words, but how much different would you feel about him right now if he did that? Oh, I mean, he just it's night or day. I, he just he literally could have gained a ton of fans by just talking some shit to John Jones and getting some kind of uh, rivalry or some, getting some, something going. But instead, he wanted to cry to the boss man, and hopefully, boss man matches him up versus a monster, so we can get beat up. Okay, now we're moving on to a little bit of a somber note. Somber for us, more than anything like that. This this next one's gonna hurt. This one, this next one's not just gonna hurt yes. Mike. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt me too, because I, I was right there for it. I was right there with it. I was right there betting it. Kevin Garbage. Lee lands a vicious KO. In round one against Gregor Gillespie. Now, anyone who listened to the show, you know why this one hurts. This was our second ever max bet on this show. 
So we are currently one up. and one in max bets. That's fine. One and one is fine. One and one is zero right there. That's that's way better than real, real bad. But you know what that means? That's a minus five units on this bet. But you know what? I'm not going to worry about it because I don't think he could have foresaw this. And the re- here's how I'm going to defend this. Almost every other fighter, when they join a new camp, not even just join a new camp, but like Kevin Lee joined TriStar. It's pretty wildly known. If uh, you don't know that, now you do. We didn't think it would have anything to do with the fight. Here's why. He joined for this training camp. I mean, he's eventually going to turn it into his all-time training or more frequent training, but he just went there for the camp. Usually it takes one to two fight camps for an athlete, like full fight camp. So it wouldn't be for the fight, the first fight, doing the fight camp at said gym for them to absorb fully the style or what they're learning to employ. I know it didn't even go around, so it'd be hard to judge if it was going to go for the whole fight. But you could already see the go-to um, TriStar moves in Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee learned how to jab. Since when can Kevin Lee jab? Kevin Lee can never jab. Kevin Lee would do, like, maybe he could do a jab, but he would do a power jab, and then he would circle out and try to shoulder roll and, like, boast on his feet. He legit was throwing combinations. He was actually setting things up, and he, like, looked less alien on the feet than normal. I will say we were Goddamn right. GS- I Goddamn know, GSP and the alien. Dude, basically, all up in there. I will say Greg Gillespie was faster. I do think Greg Gillespie was faster. I do think he was throwing cleaner strikes, more varied strikes. But at some point, Kevin Lee was able to time him because he's always had good timing. And, I mean, the entire thing went up on the feet. We thought that at some point, Greg was going to get him down and take away his confidence. And that still may have happened. But there was no way we could have been able to tell that Kevin Lee would have been able to transition to the TriStar style this early. I would say that Kevin Lee at any other camp, other than maybe if his other head coach was still alive, rest in peace, because I know they did really well together, but at any other time in Kevin Lee's career, I would say Gillespie beats him. But if Kevin Lee could actually fight like this, like a long time ago on the previous podcast, Mike, I don't know if you remember this, I said that Kevin Lee would never be the uh, the undisputed lightweight champion. I said that, and I truly believed it. And up until the moment of this fight, now, I know what people are going to say. Gregor Gillespie hadn't been tested yet. He might not be that good. These are all true statements. But if Kevin Lee can fight like this, from this pocket of time, all the time, I might be willing to rescind that. And I was be that was one of the things I was most confident of that, that would never happen, because he would always find a way to melt under some kind of pressure. Now, that may have happened later on in this fight, and we don't know yet, but I'm just going to try to give all kudos to Kevin Lee. Uh, Greg Gillespie is on a lake somewhere catching some fish, and, I don't know, ice in his head. But, yeah, we lost here. Uh, Mike, do you have anything else to bring up on this fight? But, uh, again, we've said it before. We'll say it again. We're never going to hide away from a loss. We're never going to hide away from a win. We're going to let you guys know what happened, and we'll – Always let you know how the podcast is doing. So, Mike, if you could take over so I can catch my breath before moving on to some heavyweights. All I have to say is a shitty-ass game plan. 
he got it on that one. I mean, I don't know why it was kept standing for so long. Um, I don't know why Gregor didn't go right to the wrestling um, or why it didn't switch when things stopped going his way, whether he thought it was his way or not. But I guess that's all you could say about this fight. We're going to move on and we're going to get it back. Derek Lewis wins by split decision over Blagoy Ivanov. Couple minor things I want to say on this. Didn't have a bet on this. I did bring up that him at dog money was a good play. And for a while I was debating him as a second bet. But I actually thought the dog money was going to increase. It never did. And I just laid off it and kept with the two bets I had going. But he wins by split decision. Derek Lewis apparently lost some weight. Although, I mean, he was the same weight, but either put on some muscle and turned out some fat or what. He looked phenomenal. Um, I don't know what Ivanov's head is made out of because Derek Lewis hit him with all kinds of power at different points in this fight. And dude did not go down. Apparently, when you get stabbed through the chest and come back to life, you cannot be knocked out. Apparently, that's science now, proven by Ivanov's cranium. But uh, I guess looks looks good for going forward, and Ivanov doesn't lose too much stock, I guess. So both still viable heavyweights in the division. And, I mean, Lewis doesn't have too many guys at the upper part of the division he could fight against, but... Go team, I guess. <laughs> uh, Mike, do you have anything to say about this heavyweight split decision? Uh, the Derek Luce looked amazing. Like you said, he looked slimmer, even though he walked in at the same weight, which doesn't mean that he's not slimmer. It just means that he could have just had more muscle, with a little bit more muscle mass, which caused more weight, and it could have slimmed down less fat either way. I thought he looked amazing with those power punches. And I couldn't believe that uh, he didn't knock that dude out because he threw every fucking thing at him and uh, couldn't get him out of there. But amazing performance by the Black Beast, and I absolutely love Derek Lewis, so I'm stoked that we both picked him and that he won. Now the Wonder Man got a decision win over Vincente Luque with two possible broken hands. That's ridiculous. You know, obviously, it didn't happen before the fight started, but Thompson has said that he has two possible broken hands, and it happened earlier in the fight, and he kept throwing them. Man, Stephen Thompson is a different kind of person. Uh, Luke looked good. Um, Thompson was just able to keep him at bay. And, I mean, Luke got close a few times. Uh, uh, Stephen, uh, Stephen Thompson had him backed up against the cage. Luke unleashed, connected, and hit with some decent power. But, I mean... Thompson was able to outlast and get the win. I mean, uh, Luke is still pretty young, so he can bounce back. I believe he's 27. So still got a few years before he's fully in his prime. Uh, but this is probably looking like the start of Thompson's last run. So I guess we could see what he could do with it. Uh, Mike, what's your thoughts on how Luke looked and just Mr. Two Broken Hands winning this decision? I thought Thompson, uh, he looked like his his normal self. He is just a little bit, he was more aggressive or less, I think he was just less scared of Luque because he knew he that honestly that he was a way better striker. Luque is a, was a jiu-jitsu artist and still is, and he's still learning, and he learned a lot in this fight. So I'm still not going to give up on Luque right now because uh, <clears throat> he he did pretty well versus a world-class kickboxer. And uh, Thompson's tough as hell for breaking both his hands and continuing on. But uh, I don't know about it. I don't know how he says, I think I broke both hands. 
I've broken my hand before multiple mul multiple times in fights. And you know right away once you broke it, you broke it once, you know right away you broke it the second, third, fourth time. So it's either you did or you didn't, but I want to know. In the co-main event of UFC 244, a fight that almost didn't happen for a variety of reasons, Darren Till gets the decision win over Kelvin, that's right, DC, Kelvin Gastelum. I'm sure a little shocked on here. I thought Gastelum was going to clean it up. I thought he was going to uh, power forward on Till and land the bigger shots and ultimately either win the decision or get a finish in there. So I guess kudos to Till. I had no bet on this fight. Till showed up. He used his length. Uh, he landed his best shots. And I mean that meaning that he didn't almost knock out Gastelum. I mean by that is he has some shots that are his best shots. He does always throw them, but he was just more opportunistic with it this time and landed them and got the decision. I mean, I think it's crazy that his visa issues were to such a degree that he showed up so late. I think it's crazy that Ke uh, Kelvin Gastelum basically put his arm on his coach and likely cheated to make a weight, and everyone on there can say whatever they want. You don't ask for a towel at weigh-ins and weigh two pounds underweight. That's not a thing. He wouldn't have done the towel if he even remotely thought he was there. So his he had some weight from his arm on his coach. That happened. Then I feel bad that Darren Till almost didn't get his medicals done because of all the crazy stuff with USADA and the Secret Service and the president being there and just this whole, I guess, show that was this fight. But, hey, it happened, and Till got the decision. So, um... Mike, how do you feel about this fight? Where would you like to see Till next? I mean, he's calling out the champion. I, I, I don't think he jumps up the queue that much with a decision win over Gaston. I mean, maybe if he dusted him in the first round, but, I mean, it's a decision. And uh, who would you like to see Gaston fight next? Um, The fight was, it was whatever, man. I didn't really like it. It, was, it wasn't very entertaining to me. Um, But I, I like a lot of violence or a lot of jujitsu. So I, I don't I don't know man. Um, I I thought Gaston could have possibly won that fight, but it could have went either way. So it is what it is. I wasn't impressed with any of the, either of them. Um, I I don't know where either of them goes. They definitely don't deserve title shots after that. So I they, they should just fight like I don't know. So someone they should fight someone like that's up and coming because I I like I said that was just boring. I I don't know if it was just me. But the fight was just not entertaining at all, and I thought both guys looked timid. And like I said, that that's just my opinion. Um, so yeah, fight where there was no timidness going on was the main event, the BMF title fight. Jorge Masvidal wins. Via TKO, doctor stoppage due to cuts in between the third and fourth round against Nate Diaz. Now, this wasn't a lucky strike that caused a cut in a fight that was close, and Nate Diaz got screwed. Masvidal was winning from pillar to post. He at least had a 10-8 round in there early on. Clear win in the second. Clear win in the third. For everyone saying that Nate was just about to come back and win this fight. He wasn't going to finish Jorge. 
So, no. Jorge wasn't slowing down. And like I said, uh, one of my big points on the last, when we broke this down, was obviously Nate Diaz can come on strong in the fourth or fifth round, provided he lulls the fighter he's fighting into his fight. He was unable to do that against Jorge Masvidal. There was only one pace in that fight, and it was Jorge's pace. I mean, I love the fact that he came out running like he was going to do the knee to Nate, and Nate just ran it off, and they had a nice little chuckle about that. I did enjoy that quite a bit. But he was just, he was taking it to him. And and I do think if that would have gone on longer, he would have gotten the finish. Because, man, some of those combinations that Jorge landed, really any lesser fighter would have gone down. I Beyond kudos to Nate and his chin. That's That's ridiculous, but... To think that in those last two rounds, somehow Diaz was going to get a finish over Jorge with how that fight was going. Sorry, I don't see it. Um, We did have a bet on Jorge. uh, That was to win two units. So that eases the blow of the earlier loss a little bit. But we were still minus three units on the event. But going with where we were at to date on the podcast... We are now minus 0.2 units for the podcast thus far. Borderline break even. So, still not, re- I would say borderline still not even losing, and we're close and we'll get it back, whether it be from Bellator or from this upcoming UFC fight card. Now, before I jump to the UFC Moscow, I have not given Mike a chance to glow over Jorge Masvidal like I did. So, Mike, tell me about Street Jesus. Well, man, I, you know, I'm all about game bread. Not only did I pick him to win this fight, but I actually talked about and touched on the fact that Nate Diaz was vulnerable to cuts and that it would influence the judges, the refs, or possibly this fight. And for it to actually happen and come to fruition was absolutely amazing. Um, uh, the fights, the fight came out exactly like I said. The power and the kicks from George Masvidal were everything. The volume, those, the, like I said, those kicks to the body, and then the, just the combos were just amazing. Uh, I don't know how anyone could have scored that fight for Nate when uh, if if Masvidal hit him a hundred times, Nate hit him thirty three. So that's uh, not going to win it. I, I think people are just retarded, delusional. I don't know how they can they can think that Nate was going to get a submission or going to win the last uh, four, or the fourth and fifth round. When statistically, jiu-jitsu uh, submissions really happen late in fights because the sweatiness, blood, uh, tiredness, etc. So I, I don't, I don't quite understand where the the sheep fans are coming from. But either way, I was stoked that we won, that you won, and that uh, we could get some of that uh, back from uh, that stupid uh, Gregor bet. But we're just uh, gonna keep on rolling. UFC Moscow, a.k.a. UFC makes some Russians look good. If you look at the odds of this entire fight card, obviously we're going to focus predominantly on the main event. I mean, sorry, the main card. But nearly every single outside of one fight on this has a Russian with either somewhat favorite status or just huge favorites on this fight card 
this is make Russia look good time. Um, and you know what? We're going to use that to our favor uh, in a few spots in here. So we're going to start with the first fight that we're going to cover. And actually, it starts early with how this is going to help us. Uh, Ramazan Amiev, again, for this entire thing, apologize for pronunciations. We're getting there. He is a minus 30 favorite versus... I'm still going to call him Tony Martin. I'm sorry. I don't care that he wants to be called Anthony Rocco Martin. He's Tony Martin to me. He was Tony Martin for the first, like, seven fights of his UFC career. I'm sticking with Tony Martin. (laughs) Tony Martin is coming off getting uh, embarrassed by Damian Maia, which we knew would happen. But Rock, uh, Tony, (laughs) Tony has gotten a lot better. He really, he truly, truly has. He shortened up a lot of deficiencies in his game. Um, he's the dog here because he's going against another ground guy, but it's, it's different than that. Uh, Ramazan is that Dagestani Russian Sambo wrestling guy. That's going to take him down and he's going to have stifling top control. That's not the type of jujitsu fighter. Martin is, he has gotten better with his boxing, but I mean, I think Amiyev is just going to straight toss him around the cage. And I actually have a bet on our first fight we're going to talk about here. I have a bet to win one unit on Ramazan Amiyev, who's minus 130, to win one unit. And I think he is just going to smother Martin and either get a clear decision or a late fight submission over a panicking Tony Martin as he bakes under the lights in Moscow. Mike, how do you feel about probably our least favorite Martin in this fight? I hate him. I actually hate him. And uh, it's, it's, so, it's so bad how much I hate him. I, I can't even I can't factor in if it's just now my pure hatred for him. His new nickname. The fact that his girlfriend has more testosterone than him. Um, are they even together still? I don't even know. <laughs> That's the, the better question of this uh, whole podcast. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure she. I'm pretty sure she dumped his ass. That's that's what I. I think I remember hearing that. So, oh, okay. kudos, kudos smart girl. Kudos. Yeah, she. You know, you know, she's a winner. She had to get rid of someone. So, you know, I, I I'm with you. I can't wait to watch your bet. Uh, just absolutely manhandle this boy. Uh, I I don't. I don't you know, like you said, his name is Anthony. It's been that way for the last however old however old he is, that's how long it's been. It's been that way for like 30 plus years. And then you want to switch it. Switch it like my brother switched his name from John Copenhaver to War Machine like a retard. Tony was dumb from the beginning. But you don't want to listen. I hope this is the time where you didn't listen and you get beat up. I, I, I don't, like I said, <laughs> it, I want to slam this bet, max bet. I want to get crazy with it. But I do hate Tony Martin so much that I don't want to get crazy because of my emotions get the best of me. And it's rare when I dislike a fighter this much. And uh, I just, uh, I really hope that our best bet cashes. Now, don't let the hatred fool you. This is, this is a good spot. It, it really is. I mean, yes, we, do, we don't like Rocco Martin. And there's, there's probably like five or six fighters in the entirety of MMA that we don't like very much. And I can honestly only think of like one fighter that I know Mike hates more than Rocco Martin, but we still have the right side in this fight. 
I think Amiev should be a much bigger favorite, and he would be if Martin didn't have, I want to say, as big of a name as he has, but then that makes me focus on his name too much. So we're going we're gonna to move on to the next fight because we've already laid our claim. Uh, the next one, Kadis Abrakimov, who's stepping in for Antigulov on short notice, nailed it, is minus 150 versus Ed Herman. <laughs> yes. Tough three alum former middleweight short fuse 39 year old red headed plus 130 ed herman yes that was a lot of stuff to describe ed herman terrible arm tattoo ed herman sorry i had to get one more in there oh i'm I'm spacing out for does he also have a tramp stamp Pretty sure he also has a tramp. He has a tramp. Okay, He's got a tramp. I, I used to, I used to mix it. I used to mix that up with him and Graham uh, Gray Mannard. But yes, okay. Oh, that would have been so great to list it in all of the list of things uh-huh. I had for Ed Herman. Oh well, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Ed Herman is <laughs> was the slowest middleweight in the UFC. Now he's at light heavyweight, which you think would help because he's going up weight class, maybe keep some of that speed. No, now he is the slowest light heavyweight. In the UFC, and I mean, he beat Patrick Cummins, but that's Patrick Cummins, who's been on ice skates pretty much since he fought DC. I don't know if you can call it a fight. And even though he's fighting against another person that's on short notice, he's still the favorite because it's Ed Herman, and this is get Russia win time. Um, I'm not going to go too far into this fight because I think. Like I, it'd be so great if Ed Herman won. It, it really would for nostalgia. I know he lost a lot of years going through injury, but like other than, but I don't. I think I recently heard that Diego Sanchez might have gotten cut. So without Diego Sanchez, I mean, I don't think there's anybody left from Tough One or Tough Two in the UFC. So he might be the oldest tough competitor in the UFC. And if that's the case, I don't know. Give the man a medal or something like that. That's just impressive at this point. Like, if Tough hadn't been on hiatus for the last year or more, they'd be at, like, Tough 30-something by now. And he's from Tough 3. Dude's 30. I don't know. I need to stop talking about this fight. Um, I'm just going to pick Cadiz because he's fighting at Herman. But I'm probably going to stay away from this fight just in general. Um, Mike, do you have a strong feeling about this fight? Or... You just want to stay away from short fuse. Uh, I, I just think Cadiz is going to win as well. I think he's bigger, stronger, younger. And uh, Ed Herman just looks uh, like absolute garbage. I know he got lucky over Matt or Patrick Cummins last time, but that's Patrick Cummins who had absolutely no striking and uh, no uh, uh, confidence. So I, I would pick uh, Cadiz with you. Now, Mike, I'm actually going to throw this one to you to start off. Uh, Danny Roberts is the underdog. Surprise, surprise, in Russia. Um, He's plus 180. He's fighting Zalim Amadeov. Pretty sure I got that one. Minus two. He's minus 220. Uh, Is this just going to be another uh, Russian home run? Or is uh, Mr. Hot Chocolate going to play upset here? Oh man, I, I really, 
I really like uh, hot chocolate, and so I, I it's it's tough for me because I think that that's a personal thing, and uh, I, I don't I don't see. I mean, Zalim did lose to Max Griffin. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> That's another on the list of people that uh, but Mike that hates was... Max Max Griffin put himself on that list though. That's the difference. Max Griffin put him because he used to not be on that list. He put himself on that list. Max was the first person on the hit list for MMA podcast. Um so That's I... not true. That's oh. Elias Theodoro. Come on, man. We all oh, know it's Elias God. Theodoro. <laughs> sorry, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna start going down a list of all the people that either Mike or I don't like. I just need to clarify that that is the original podcast that's enemy the first, right there. That's the first one, but we've never bet on Elias, so we bet on Griffin, and then he screwed us. That's why he got put on the list. Um, so, but I think that man, I I, I don't got me so confused with Max Griffin right now. Um, Zalim, I think Zalim is going to win this fight. I think that he learned a lot versus uh, Max Griffin, who decides to come and show up when he wants. I, I think that uh, he's got a, a lot of top pressure, and I think it's going to correlate in the, in the octagon. So I think that he's going to get his first UFC win. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to join you here. Um, even with that lot, I mean, Danny... Hot Chocolate hasn't looked very good in his last few fights. He's got styled on. He's coming off a KO loss. He's coming to, has to go all the way to Russia. I know he's an English fighter, but either way, he has to go all the way to Russia. I don't know. I just think this is most of these fights on here are bad setups for the non-Russian fighter, and I think no more true than this fight. So before we linger on this one too long, we can go to the co-main event, which is going to piss people off. Because Greg Hardy pisses everybody off, apparently. Um, Alexander Volkov, uh, minus 250. He was originally going to be the main event first uh, JDS before JDS got staff or some weird knee infection. I don't know. I saw the picture. I couldn't tell if it was staff or not. I'm not a doctor, but it definitely looked messed up. Uh, Greg Hardy, after Inhaler Gate or whatever we're calling it now, where he had his win overturned, which I still don't think it should have been overturned. But again, that is beside the point. He's fighting Volkov, a guy with nearly 40 fights when Greg Hardy has like five or six. Uh, This should be very interesting. Volkov has the reach. Uh, He could actually pump a jab a little bit and use his reach, unlike some other fairly tall heavyweight fighters that should be named Nameless Stefan Struve, but he does get clipped and kind of has brain farts when it comes to ring IQ. Uh, look back at the Black Beast fight where he was winning 99.9% of it before he got flatlined. Yeah. Could, that, yeah. could that same thing happen here? Absolutely it could. Is Greg Hardy faster than the Black Beast? Absolutely he is. Does he have just as much power? I don't know. I guess that remains to be seen. But, I mean, if he's starting to learn how to land it right, I guess. Volkov should win here. He really should. But given the speed and the strength of Greg Hardy and his willingness to skirt the rules, both in the octagon and on the stool, 
he's got a shot, man. He really does. Like, I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm not confident enough in the minus 250 favorite to have him in a parlay or have any decent amount of money on him because it's Alexander Volkov. Am I willing to play the dog Greg Hardy? I'm not there yet, but I don't know. If he becomes like a plus 300, maybe I'll put a half a unit on it. Or if him in the distance or by KO is something outlandish, I, mean, I don't think it will be, but if that's anywhere near like plus 400, I might put a little bit on it. It'll just be like a little bit of a dart throw. It won't be like a major player or anything like that, but I don't know, man. It could happen, and it's going to piss a lot of people off when it can, but uh, we've seen many, many times in the past if you have two heavyweights fighting and one of them has power and he's a big underdog, it's almost always worth a bet. You're going to end up ahead more often than not. So I know that wasn't too overly technical, but that's just how I see it. Uh, Like, how do you feel about uh, Alexander Volkov versus everybody's favorite Hardy boy? Well, man, everything in my body says that Volkov should just should win this fight. He's bigger, longer, has a better jab, has better mixed martial arts, has everything to win this fight. Has better cardio. I can last five rounds. I, I don't see Greg Hardy having two rounds to win it, and I think that Volkov could easily win three, four, and five. I don't trust Greg Hardy enough to bet him. Um, in the, in this situation, because I've been waiting for a uh, situation where there's someone with far more MMA experience, I don't like the line, so I'm, I would ne- I wouldn't bet Volkov at all. But I think that Volkov can win this fight in a five round decision. If he just went to three round decision and had did inhaler gate versus uh, some no name guy, I think that Volkov is smart enough and learned something from the Black Beast knockout. But I would not. Put it past Greg Hardy to come in quick and knock out Volkov because that could easily happen, especially in these in the heavyweight division. Because, like you said, anytime there's a plus three hundred heavyweight, you you can pretty much throw your money on it each time and it probably come up ahead. Now the fight that has become the main event that was supposed to be on UFC Boston, but. One of the fighters, the Russian one, happened to get an illness or an injury that gets cleared up if he just waits two and a half, three weeks and fights in his home country, the Russian one. Then asked if he wants to be the main event after the initial one falls out. He says yes. But it's gonna have How to be weird. five but it's gonna have to be five rounds. Well, I don't want it to be five rounds. Well, obviously, we'll make it five rounds for the Russian one. But you know what? <laughs> I'll give it. <laughs> I'll give it to. I'll give it to the Bostonian, Calvin Cater, who just wants this fight uh, so bad, man. He wants this fight so bad. He's willing to leave a hometown fight to go to Russia, to go to Moscow, and fight. In the co-main event, get bumped up to the main event, which is great for him because a five-round fight favors him huge. But then his opponent doesn't want it to be five; it's going to be three. And Calvin's still for it, man. So I mean, I give kudos to oh, Mr. Testicular Fortitude, Kelvin Cater, 
Uh, he's the plus 250 underdog. You heard that, plus 250 underdog versus Zabit Magomed Shiropov. Now I know I said that one right. Who's a minus 30 favorite who has a lot of hype on him because he does spinning stuff and can also take you down, but also kind of looks like the guy you used to push into a locker in high school and has a lot of hair, like more hair than he should in a lot of places. Sorry, we're getting too far, (laughs) but (laughs) uh, who's he's getting said like he's the next champion of everybody by former UFC champions and former UFC contenders who have trained with him and just talk about how great of a guy he is and all of that jazz. And honestly, for three rounds, he very well might. Um, do I think he should be minus 300? Even for the three rounds against Calvin Cater? Heck no. I was, man, I was, when I heard that a JDS fell out, and Greg Hardy stepped in for Volkov. You heard it on the show. I was like, man, that's going to be a five-round fight. That's going to be a mess. But then they're like, Calvin Cater and Zabit are going to be the main event. I was so pumped. I was so pumped because it's a great fight. And five rounds helps Calvin Cater out huge, in my opinion. Huge. Zabit starts dying in the third round, especially if you push him. And Cater's going to push him. So if it's a five-round fight, man, I could see Zabit clearly winning the first two. Calvin going on heavy in the third, tiring him out even more, and then possibly getting like a fourth or fifth-round stoppage, and it would have been beautiful. But no, we're stuck at three rounds because Zabit gets his way because Russia. But, yeah, I know, right? Um, I don't know the real reasons. These Obviously, this is just uh, allegedly-type situations, to quote Idriel Asanya. But I don't know, man. I still like Cater. Um, I'm not betting him yet. He's plus 250. The three-round is really scaring me off, like, more than it probably should. Um, but I know how susceptible Kelvin Kel- uh, can be. Sorry, we were just talking so much about Kelvin, and now we actually are on a Kelvin. It's starting to mess with me. It took me like two years to say Kelvin, right? And now I have to switch back to Kelvin. Ah. Um, but his boxing is great. He has great forward pressure. He is susceptible to the leg kicks. And if Zabit is disciplined with a kicking game and doesn't get too spinny and fancy with it to burn energy, he could definitely start to break Kelvin down. But I don't know, man. I like Kelvin's toughness. I really like him here. I really think he can push the beat to the brink and possibly get a third-round finish. Because that's boring. was going to need. Because I do think Zabit's going to win the first. That's the hard part. That I do think Zabit's going to win the first two. Oh, man. Uh, this is going to be a great fight. It, it really is a great main event. I would do wish it was five rounds. I might change my tune later. Currently, I'm not betting on it. But, man, if it gets any higher, I might have to. Because I do think Kelvin has a really good shot. Um, if I didn't like the uh, Miev bet so much, this was going to be my pick for this card. But looking more into that first fight, that just seems like a much safer bet to me. Um, but I don't keep an eye on my Twitter account. We'll share it out, and we all tweet out each other's stuff. Uh, if I do end up betting it. But man, because if he get man, if he breaks plus three hundred, it's gonna borderline have to be an auto bet for me. Just he has he has the skills to do it. It's similar like we talked about about the last fight. I mean, obviously it's not heavyweight; it's a little bit different. But 
when you see plus 300 against some, someone's name who has a, a clear path to victory, like he can, he can win the fight. It's worth it to bet it because the amount of times you're going to get that right more than outweigh the times you won't. And it's a big enough dog that it more a dog that it more than makes up for it. So I don't know. I, I don't think Zabit is the anointed son of the division. Like everyone wants him to be. And I think Calvin might be the one to show him up. Mike, I know that was very long winded on me. I apologize for that. Uh, thoughts on the main event of the Bostonian son going against the Russian. Yeah, I just think it's lame as fuck that we're not going to get five rounds for a main event when all main events in the UFC are five rounds. It's it's just obviously biased as shit that the Russian wanted it to be three rounds because it favors him because he has way more of an attack uh, in three rounds than he does in five. But it is Um, I, I think it's crazy that, uh, sorry, dude. I think it's crazy that, uh, that they switched this fight from five to three and that it's just, uh, going to favor the, the Russian so extremely, uh, because he just throws his output so heavily in the first two rounds. So three obviously favors him. So, uh, I, 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 I like Calvin. I think that he could possibly upset, uh, Zabi here. I hope he does. I don't I, I, the line will definitely be an auto bet at plus 300 so pretty it's getting pretty close I, I I don't know man I just I'm very upset about it not being five rounds but I just it's gonna be a great fight I, I it's don't don't miss this fight if you're a, an MMA fan because there's gonna be some great great diverse striking and some really really cool transitions on the ground. Sorry for the pause. I was I was just double checking to make sure the odds in the main event didn't change. Um, so far, all the odds we gave out seem to be about accurate. I just want to double check for our bet purposes, and then if off chance that main event made a switch, because then you know what, I'd be throwing in a second bet on here if he actually broke it. But I guess keep an eye on our the Twitter accounts for that. But just to review, uh, we have one bet for this card. It is my bet. For Ramazan Amiev, minus 130 to win one unit against Tony Martin. That's right, Tony Martin. And I'm really confident on this one. Uh, If you're wondering why am I so confident on it, but it's only to win one unit, it's like, well, you know what? Sometimes when you take a big biff in one event, you got to take it slow on the other ones back to build up slow. So, you know, maybe that's what we're doing. But uh, keep an eye. Uh, like I said, on the Twitter accounts for any additional bets, uh, any retweets from the guys from the site from MMA4Money.com where there are more bets posted and an opp- opportunities to get on passes for NASCAR and NFL and uh, plenty of other ways to win money. But we will retweet any of the MMA stuff going on. And if you want a little more action, like I said, we do have a play on the Bellator card. This coming Friday, that is on a previous episode of the show. This is episode nine, so if you can go back and listen to episode eight, if you just so happen not to listen to that one, and you want a little Bellator action, that's on there too. Now, Mike, before we sign off, do you got anything to say to our Russian nobility? 
I just hope you guys enjoy the fight this weekend, and I hope that they uh, bring some violence because I, I want to see some for my birthday weekend. And uh, just take care of your families. And to everyone out there, Dobrovice. That either is good morning or good afternoon, but you know what? It's probably close to one of those two. <laughs> uh, enjoy the fights. Don't ask me how I know that. Peace.